Warning. Explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. Hi, I'm Scott David Chase. This is my truth. Tell me yours. I just spoke with Lee Frazier, who is an illustrator. Um, she does really dark, really beautiful uh, illustrations, mostly of uh, nude women with some sort of creature. Um, we talked about that. It, not until the like last 15 minutes of the conversation or so, but uh, Lee is someone that I, I knew her first through Instagram, through her illustrations, and then we got to know each other in person. And uh, she met and we had tea and cider on a uh, December morning, uh, December 1st, actually. Um, uh, it was really cool to sit and chat with her. Uh, it's funny, kind of the, uh, the recurring theme through this conversation was actually the band Corn, which I would not have expected if you had told me to be, you know, beforehand, that's what we were gonna, that was going to be the through line conversation, but that's often how these conversations go. I don't, uh, you know, she had asked me beforehand, what kind of questions are we going to ask? And I said, you know, it's really, I, I don't have stuff prepared beforehand. So it's sort of the, um, uh, just the natural flow of a conversation. And, uh, so yeah. And her, her boyfriend, uh, gentleman, Jeff Long Shadows is his, uh, his, his public name. Um, we were at his place of work. So he, uh, he popped by to say hello. So he makes a little cameo in there as well. So, uh, yeah. Enjoy this conversation with Lee Frazier. Because there's no, there's no I in it, correct? Yeah, everybody asks me why there's no Z and why there's no I. Well, I think the name Fraser like, originally started with an S, and then when it, they came to the U.S., they changed it to a Z. But there, what were you going to say? Well, I was going to say there are lots of variations, and I think that we're all descended from the same clan in Scotland. Right. But I don't know why there are so many. And it's like it's completely phonetic the yeah. way that I still mind, but for some reason people always ask me. Or they just like will spell it even if they do ask me, they'll spell it wrong. They'll spell so, it. They're like, well, this yeah. is supposed to be spelled. Well, it's, uh, I ask only because years ago I saw Brendan Fraser, yeah. who on uh, which it's spelled the same way as your last name. Yeah. But he corrected, it was like. I was, it wasn't uh, it wasn't Letterman. It was, okay. it was it was one of those late night guys. Um, I was calling it probably, oh, okay. but he's like, no, it's not Fraser, it's Fraser. So I wonder if I bastardize my name. Well, sure, maybe you can say <laughs> yeah. however you want. Yeah. I mean, but maybe with the see, like it, it, it depends. It depends on what's the original version, but I mean. I don't know how you would find that out. Well, because language changes all the time. So, like, I mean, one of the things that's, like, a huge pet peeve of mine, but it's now a thing, is that, so, the word ironic getting used incorrectly. Um, I know exactly what you're talking about. Where 
Or, uh, sorry. Well, that bothers me too. No, the, the word, uh, the word, literally. I was just about to bring that up because it's every high school girl and all of her friends. I was literally. It literally blew my mind. It literally blew it. Oh, you okay? Yeah. How'd you piece your skull back together? But the Webster's Dictionary now recognizes... It recognizes that that's how it's used? It recognizes that as, like, an actual definition. So, like, literally means what it literally means, and now it also means the literal opposite of that, which is... So it has the the two different meanings. You know how it has them stacked? Yeah. So I'm sure that colloquially... Right. It has reached the dictionary. Right. Well, it's like the word muggle from Harry Potter. Is that in the dictionary? That's in the dictionary now. And that's... I think that's Merriam-Webster now has muggles. And because I've never seen or read any of the Harry Potter, that's like... Oh, that's okay. don't practice magic? Is that what it is? Uh, yeah, it's a non-magic person. Okay. But it was a big deal. It was um, probably five or six years ago now that and that like, hit. Nope, the, it's part of it now. Yeah, and now it's part of it. I wonder if Jedi is. It must be in the dictionary. I would like to find out. I mean, I, I know I can look it up on like Wikipedia or something. Like I that. think that you probably should, or just go to MiriamWebster.com. Let's see. Because they have a great. Um, their mobile device is yeah. really good. You get word of the day. So Jedi might be a word. Standby listeners. Riveted. Yeah. That's we <laughs> Mm, is the Wi-Fi working? Very slow. This is captivating audio. I know. I was just about to say, we're building suspense. Yeah. Hitchcock would be very impressed. Yeah. Um, so while, while I'm waiting for my, for my status bar to load, um, where did you say you hit traffic at the... At the uh, shipyard? At the shipyard. Right. I gotcha. It's bane of my existence, getting through Kittery. Is that, I, where, is that where you live? I live out, um, I live on Garish Island, where is that? which is, it's basically as far south in Maine as you can be without being While still in, in, in Piscataqua. Yeah. Okay. So you've got to drive all the way through downtown Kittery and down 103 and get stuck behind cars from Florida. I gotcha. And it, it's like 15 to 20 minutes out from from, from the bridge, yeah. Oh, okay. Jedi is not in the Merriam-Webster Dictionary. But it's Muggle. unfortunate. Yeah, it's, but I believe Muggle is Merriam-Webster. That's, that's fine. Yeah. M-U-double-G-L-E. Yeah. Let's see. That's also not in there, but it's m- not in there. Muggles is in there, so I wonder. Oh, I wonder. Is. Maybe I'm confusing my dictionaries. Apparently. Which is the one that looks like it wants to have the young, young appeal. Right. It's. it's huh. What well, said? It's slang for reefer, which I was like, I thought it was marijuana, but. Apparently, reefer is a refrigerator, car, truck, trailer, or ship. That's a new word, then. That's, that's because I would have never guessed that. <laughs> so, Merriam-Webster's a British dictionary, isn't it? I'm I think so. so. I'm not sure. 
I think that they failed us twice today. <laughs> well, they failed us, but then they provided us with some new British slang for... A refrigerator truck. A refrigerator truck, yeah. Um, I, I'm going to have to use that in a sentence later today, so I remember I wonder if J.K. Rollins like, knew that when she started using that and was just like, like oh, I'm taking this word for this, too. It's almost like one of those words that's so ridiculous that they want it. To like, have a new this name. needs a better use. This is just, arbitrary. Let's yeah. have a better. There's a word in our culture that I would repurpose for something in fiction. I'm gonna have to. No. I'll have to get back to you. I'm gonna, it's gonna be in the back of my head. That's gonna be. That's gonna be the ending question for this conversation. Okay, that sounds good. I'll keep thinking too. Um, I'll try to think. I'll try to do the two threads of thought. Until then. What did Heather say I was going to ask? Oh, she asked if I was going to ask if you were going to oh, poop or not. If I was going to. Or if you have pooped. Today. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm a- <laughs> you don't have to answer, by the way. Um, I mean, you're more than welcome to, but it's, okay. it's funny. Uh, that's not something. I don't think she's ever actually listened to my podcast. And have you ever asked anyone that? Not on a podcast, no. I mean, Just in I, general. In, gen- in general, many, many times. So, like I said, she and I have known each other for uh, 21 years now. Um, we have now known each other longer than we haven't known each other. So, That's a big deal. Because we're, we're, we're over 40. We're old. Um, but we've I've lived in... So like she was my boss at the Babelry years and years and years ago, and then her husband, who wasn't her husband at the time, it was just her significant other. Um, he's still her significant other, but there's legal paperwork involved. Yeah, um, exactly. He left the Babelry to go work for Liberty Mutual, which he still works for. Um, so I took over his full-time position at the Babelry, and then like they moved out of their apartment to move into a house and I ended up moving in so it was just like her so you just followed one. each other yeah, exactly one of my best friends we followed each other yeah. like that yeah. I've known him since we were 12 I, I'm i just slightly older than him but yeah. when I moved down to Massachusetts he moved down to Boston nice and then we don't see each other all the time but he's around but you're and, connected yeah, we're connected. Yeah. Out of nowhere, I'll always get pictures or just some mystery number or a link to a Bowie song or right, something. Right, right. Yeah. I have, I have some people like that. It was cool because to the trip I just did. Yeah. There's several people on the trip that I stayed with who were like that, and some of them I haven't seen in. Ten years, okay. but we've kept in touch, and like we won't talk for you know six weeks, eight weeks, or whatnot. And then I'll just get like a random movie quote from them, and you know, I've had people in my life throughout my adult life, and even going back to you know adolescence, who just remain constant, and then. And then there's other people that just come and go. It's, you know. Well, I think that there's something that can be said for a friendship that you don't see or communicate with that person on mm-hmm. a regular basis. But then when you see them, it's just such a frantic, let's fit as much as we possibly can into this 24 hours. For sure. Like, one of my best friends lives out in Los Angeles, and I never see him. Yeah. But we live together for a little while. And we still talk. Like, we'll text each other once a week or so. Yeah. But when we see each other, it's just such an overwhelming... Yeah, it's just like, yeah, it's... Yeah. I have 
I have a buddy who lives out in Atlanta who does the same thing, but it's specifically for us, it's music was what kind of like bonded us together. Um, and that's pretty much all we talk about whenever, <laughs> whenever we see each other. And we also have a very, such a similar kind of taste in music that whenever we see each other, like, all right, dude, what are you listening to now? You know, like, what do I need to hear? What, you know, and I mean, I've known Rob since like 1991 or something nice. like that, and I cannot think of a single thing that he recommended to me that I didn't like, although I will say, and this is dating how old I am too, way back when he turned me on to the first album by the band Korn. Okay. Um, I used to be really into corn. So I had a patch I, on my messenger bag yeah. that said corn in that scrawly text, and it was purple embroidery, so it was really nice. Very nice. Um, but, you know, and there really was anything quite like that when they came out. He's like, you got to check them out. And then maybe 10 years ago, we ran into each other, and he's like, so i got to ask you something. He's like, how do you feel about corn now? I was like, I mean, now uh, that Head has gone to rehab, and right, yeah, and some yeah. of are, I think that it's mostly original lineup. Everyone but the drummer. Everyone except for that's um, why can't I think of his name? Fieldy? No, Fieldy's a bassist. Yeah, it was uh, David drummer. Yeah, Sobiera. the only one that looks like he should be in a boy band. Right. The only right. one without the long dreadlocks. And around like their second or third album he did a Calvin Klein underwear ad I've seen it and they the rest of the band gave him a hard time about like, how lame it was have you ever seen they released a videotape it was actually I had it on VHS but then they released it DVD afterwards it looked like a package on the front oh, the, there's all this tape who then now yeah, yeah with all this behind yeah. they rag on him yeah. for his ad in that yeah yeah. and they you had to on the DVD format you had to go through all of these menus that it was like a maze to oh, find like their a, music almost videos almost like an easter egg or something like that it was so frustrating huh. I was so excited when I got a DVD player because then I could just transfer right. over but then I got that one I was like forget about this but there was I just um, so I'm doing a I'm doing a movie podcast now as well. Yeah. And we just saw Christopher Nolan's Memento. Down at the oh, Musical. yeah. Have I've seen, seen that? I've seen Memento. That's yeah. an older one, though. It, That's... it is. They do, well, the musical loft, they, uh, Trevor Bartlett does this series where it's important American filmmakers' first films, which Memento's actually not Christopher Nolan's first film. He made uh, Following. Yeah, yeah, but you couldn't see it theatrically until after Memento. And so, yeah. But when Memento came out on DVD, there was a bonus feature on the special edition where, because uh, you know, Memento's told backwards for the yes. most part. It was a bonus feature that if you accessed it, it would actually play the movie in, in forward sequence. order. Yeah. But it was a little disjointed, especially because each scene like has hey, what's up, Meryl? <laughs> each scene has like a little bit of the previous scene in it, so it was like very like jerky it's if you watched it. Kind of abrupt. It's yeah. interesting. Um there are movies like Pulp Fiction is the same way where people have tried to splice it together so that you can see it chronologically. Yeah. yeah. And it just doesn't work that way. Yeah, I I I have a friend who assembled 
Because there's all these deleted and alternate scenes of The Crow, yeah. the Brandon Lee film. And so he, and I didn't ask him to do it, and it was one of those things I was like, okay, like he sent me a DVD of it. Okay. Did you watch it? I did watch it. Um, and it's it's almost three hours long. And it's just like, he's like, isn't that cool? And I'm like, it's it's a cool idea that you did it and clearly it was a passion project of his so I was like I get it but I was like yeah it doesn't flow at all which is why these scenes were cut like that it's just sort of like like they're cut for a reason you know more often than not the director has a specific idea of what works and what doesn't The Crow is one of those films that has this weird mythos around it though Mm -hmm. because Brandon Lee died making it and it's based off the have you read the graphic novel? yeah or the comics rather yeah um, the story that it's inspired by is so dark and spiritual. Yeah. And I feel like I almost couldn't go back and delve that deep into it. Because yeah. what they, like the final cut is amazing. Yeah. And I go back and every once in a while I watch it and I'm like, this is very campy. Yeah. But I still see the beauty of it. Sure, sure. But it was one of those things that, because like, I saw it. Mm-hmm. When it first came out in the theater, yeah, it must have been like '93 or '94, mm-hmm. and kind of knew the mythos about it. But yes. that was before, yes. you know, the internet where you could look everything up. So it was kind of yeah. like a lot of rumors and stuff like that. And just thinking it was incredibly dark and very poetic and whatnot. And then yeah, yeah I, I think I probably watched it like five years ago, and I was like, oh, it's kind of corny. And it's very corny. I grew up watching that. The Crow actually was one of the first movies that I saw that I was like, oh wow, yeah. this is. Really, I, this aesthetic calls to me. Sure. The music called to me. Yeah. I was really young when it came out, so that was. I had the soundtrack. The soundtrack still holds up pretty well, and it was funny. Oh yeah, Burn. The kid. Yeah. Well, that was my entry point into the Cure because I would have been familiar with them, but that's sort of like a heavier rock song for them. Like a lot of their stuff isn't that heavy. If you listen to Pornography and Disintegration, yeah. those two albums are really, really dark and aggressive. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, it's funny. It took. It took me like to my mid thirties before I got mm-hmm. the cure. Uh, I was actually getting a tattoo, and my tattoo artist played was playing all mixed up the, okay. the, the remix album. Yeah. Have you listened to the mix of Hot 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 on that? Yeah, I that have, one's good. Yeah, yeah. it was. Um, I'm trying to remember what song it was because I knew. Oh, it was the. Because there's a really long version of Fascination Street. Okay. And which is probably my favorite Cure song. That's a really, really sad sounding song, too. I like that one. Um, And I was like, this sounds like a Cure, but this is like, because the vocals don't come in where they're supposed to. It's just like, you know. And he's like, it's a remix. And I was like, what is this? And he's like, it's because I I remembered, because the very first Cure song I ever heard was. Um, close yeah. to you with the version okay. on that with the horns and everything and so I was like what is this goofy band and then somebody played something else for me and I was like oh, I don't like that when I was in high school yeah. but it took yeah it took decades for me to like get into the cure Robert Smith has that um, I mean I bought your Robert Smith painting I just it just clicked that this is the common thread yeah. there and um, 
I always liked them, but they're almost too goofy. And Robert Smith sounds like he has a runny nose all the time. And some other, sort of the charm. It is. It's charming. And he actually got his start in the Banshees. Mm-hmm. And so, when you listen to some of their songs, it's very kind of oingo boingo. You've got like horns, and you've got this kind of whimsical. It's just very supernatural. Like they've got like fake stars hanging from the ceiling, mm-hmm. glitter. Yeah. And he's wearing um, oversized basketball shoes with tight jeans and a big sweater. Right. It's just. I still don't think I know what to make of them. <laughs> I, I think. I think anyone who says. They have the cure figured out as blind. They're, yeah, they're either to the world or to themselves. I heard somewhere, and I haven't gone online to verify this, that Robert Smith was really into psychedelics for a long time. I can see that. And he actually has this side project called the Glove. The Glove. Have you heard of them? Uh huh. So you've seen Yellow Submarine, right? Yes. It's um that big blue hand mm. was their logo, okay. and so it's that blue flying rocket hand, and. It, because they had some kind of contract, he wasn't legally allowed to sing all of the vocals on the album. And so there were one or two songs, but the song that he sang is called Mr. Alphabet Says. And none of the lyrics make sense. It's just so whimsical and surreal. How long ago did this come out? This was probably mid 80s. I don't know exactly what year. But yeah, I'll send it your way. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. worth a listen. Oh, for sure. It's funny too. Uh, tying it back to the band we were talking about earlier, Corn. Mm-hmm. So yes. the, the, the self-titled Cure record was produced by Ross Robinson, who produced really? the first two Corn albums as well, and also the first Limp Bizkit album. Oh, geez. <laughs> it was very, that's going way back. Yeah, it was. It was weird because I remember. Because he mostly works with really aggressive bands. Mm-hmm. I mean, he produced the last, uh, not the most recent, but the, the last at the drive-in <coughs> album before they okay. called it quits. And, you know, he's worked with, like, Last Joe and stuff like that. So I was like, Ross Robinson's producing The Cure? But I love that record. But it is it is more aggressive than a lot of their stuff, too. Have you ever... I mean, I understand that they're, they're the two sides of them. The Hanging Garden is also Hanging one Garden. of my favorite yeah. songs of theirs. The first time I heard it was... No, the Cure doing it. AFI recorded the cover of it. Oh, really? Um, it's a, it's on one of their EPs. Or like I was like, I really like this song. And then, you know, after hearing it several times, I looked through the liner notes, and I was like, oh. Listen to the original. Yeah, this is this is the, this is the Cure, and yeah, and then I checked out the original. A lot of, a lot of bands that I, like more aggressive bands that I like, started naming the Cure as like an influence early on. Um, and I was like, oh, okay. And I think that was sort of what opened them up to me too. It, my biggest, honestly, my biggest like prejudice against the Cure early on was uh, Henry Rollins uh, on some spoken word DVD. Okay. Talked about how horrible the Cure was and how much he hated him, and you know Robert Smith was a fat clown. Oh, so you took and, it. And back too. then, I was you know Henry Rollins was like my ultimate like hero guy and I still like Henry Rollins. So it was an idol worship like he says this so it so must, must be, be true. somewhat true yeah. at least. Well it was one of those like sort of like he was the guy that I looked at as like Mr. Integrity Mr. Knows about music so He's very opinionated he's very, <laughs> and he's not afraid. He's also softened quite a bit mm-hmm. over, over the years. Oh definitely. So. I actually 
I, I started to lose a lot of respect for Morrissey. I hate to say it, but Big Mouth strikes again. Yeah. Has struck again a few too many times. Yeah. And um, the things that he has to say about the cure are very similar. Yeah. And I'll admit that Robert Smith is a little bit clowny, but that's his charm. But that's sort of the, that's sort of the part of the beauty. Yeah, he's the goth holding a cat in a big sweater in right. all of their publicity photos. Right. They have fake snow coming out and he's building a snowman yeah. in a desert. It's like their video concepts are just very cute but also very kind of sad and dark. He's like, I mean, I, I don't look at the uniform that he wears because it is a uniform. I mean, I'm sure they're, I mean, I don't know if he ever goes out in public without putting his face on to oh, some degree. Yeah. yeah, and you know, the, the, the Tim Burton hair and everything. Although, technically, I would I think say Tim, Tim Burton, Burton has Robert Smith that hair. off, yeah. yeah. But, um, you know, I think of all these, like, you know, like the Norwegian black metal bands with all of that. And I'm like, it's the same thing. They're yeah. no more genuine or no no less ridiculous than Robert Smith is. You know, some would say more. So. There's an element of camp to all of it. It's like For at sure. some point, all of these big metal guys have to go to a shop and be like, "Oh, I like that gauntlet. Ooh, this yeah. would look really Ooh. nice with my this leather scary. pants." Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, oh, do you think that this corpse paint would cause me to break out? Right. Do you think that this will clog my pores? Yeah. What do you think is going to be the best thing for my complexion? Yeah. I wonder what kind of makeup remover they use after their show. What brand? <laughs> That's you know, if I ever, if I, just say if I ever, but I know I'm actually talking to someone who does wear not necessarily corpse paint, but basically the same thing. So I'll have to, I'll have to ask her yeah. about that. Um, talking to her in January. Okay, cool. I've always really loved that look, but I kind yeah. of like thinking about the backstage persona where they get off stage and then. Like, do they have Revlon makeup remover yeah. pads in their tour bag? Oh, I just, I just think about like the green room with like a cheese platter that's been sitting out too long and stale Ritz crackers and you know gummy bears in a dish. And then in a separate cooler. <laughs> yeah, well, I always think about metal shows because some of them do lose actual blood and they have actual animal heads that they put on stage. So right. it's like in the green room, they might have a cheese platter or like little Vita gummies. Right. But then in a separate cooler, they have a dead lamb. <laughs> yeah, with a pig's head sitting there. Yeah. yeah. I wonder what would happen if they got mixed up. Uh, How metal are you? <laughs> I'm sure it's happened. I mean... It's funny, I remember, so I, I was raised in a fairly conservative Christian household, and uh, speaking of black metal... Speaking of black metal, you're welcome to join. Is this recording right now? We're recording, but we're talking about corpse paint and makeup remover. Yeah, and like what the green room at, uh, at a cure and or a black metal show would be like. I was toying with the idea of switching up the appetizer plates with the bucket full of dead animal parts that they want to put on stage. It's happened at least one. Also known as our Saturday night. <laughs> well, I'm a, yeah, I don't know exactly what to say except what I came here to say, which is I'm going to go upstairs and then I'm going to come back and walk the Okay. Well, I just want to say goodbye. 
Okay. Well, for, I'm I'm up for few minutes. I'm either going to be here or I'll come up there before I go to work. All right. So awesome. I'm not going far. All right. So <laughs> thank you. Scott so, just, yeah. you couldn't see it. Scott just kissed my I hand. kissed his yeah. hand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it was a passionate always, moment. Yeah, whenever he departs, that's how we say goodbye. Yeah, he always says to me, I, I hate to see you go, but I love, love to watch you leave, baby. <laughs> and then he wolf whistles. <laughs> All right. I wish, like, I wish I had a good wolf whistle. I don't. I don't no, either, yeah. No. If you stick your fingers yeah. in your mouth like that, and you can't does. do that. My dad can do it. It's hard when it Surprisingly, it's so loud. I can't do it. All right, I'll see you guys later. Have fun. Good to see you, man. Bye bye, internet. <laughs> that was perfect timing. <laughs> Black metal. So last night we ordered takeout, yeah. and we have this spot that we go to in the woods yeah. where, that I found that is just a dumping ground for dead animals. Okay. And I'm vegan, but at the same time I collect skulls. Sure. And sure. so we process bones. And then we eat our sushi, oh, okay. and then we look at the it's hydrogen peroxide bubbling up. Right, right. It's pretty romantic. Nice. We well, yeah, I have uh, I have two uh, rune necklaces that Jeff made that I had hanging from my rear view mirror on my trip. Oh, yeah. So um, did you have a safe travel? I did. I only had one day that was potentially there was the potential for danger and. And I exited from there. And it was towards the end of the trip, so it wasn't bad. It was just, I was getting just vibes the whole time. It was just, get out of here. Where were you? West Virginia. Oh, of course. So, and it was one of those things that I was supposed to be staying with someone I didn't know in real life. Mm -hmm. It was someone I knew through Instagram, which anyone listening to this is probably like, yeah, dummy. But I had several instances on the trip Mm -hmm. meeting up with other Instagram friends for the first time, and it was amazing. Yeah. So... I was just like, oh yeah, like I was sort of lulled into a false sense of, oh, this will all work out, this will mm-hmm. be great, and, and it wasn't, I mean, my dog got bit by a pit bull, but oh my God. she was down there, down there. Okay. Um, luckily she didn't need medical attention, she was fine, mm-hmm. but it was just a, I was getting bad vibes, and then I ended up going to a really horrible, it was, it was supposed to be a children's party, it was a children's mm-hmm. party, but it was... You know, all the adults were smoking inside, and then some little kids started smoking cigarettes, and I was like, and none of the adults cared. And there were some inquiries made about my vehicle, where it was parked, and how long it was going to be there. So I was like, did you know anybody there? No. So you got invited to this unusual children's party, and it just was uncomfortable. One of the people that was there was the person that I was supposed to be staying with, and luckily I hadn't left anything. Like, I had already been to her house, and it was her dog that bit my dog. and so my dog was very shaken so I put her in my car because at this point she was very familiar with the car she had been in for more than a month so um, luckily I followed them in the car and then the whole time like for maybe the two hours I was in this town the back of my head was just saying get out of here get out of here but then my you know my, my liberal guilt was just because these people you know, grew up differently doesn't mean they're bad people. You know, you give them a chance, and where and I was just ignoring my instinct, and finally I just said, I'm gonna walk the dog. I'll be right back and just got out. Well, there are a lot of good people from that area. It's just knowing what the good areas are. One of my friends that I met, he's liberal, and we get along really yeah. well. 
one day I said, oh, so I watched this documentary about Jessica White the other day. He's like, what do you know about the Whites? And it was almost like a, oh, what do you know about Jessica White? Right. Like, he was personally... Wild and wonderful to West Virginia. And that, um, did you see the film inspired by that, White Lightning? Uh-uh. No. It's um, a British actor that plays Jessica, but it's an amazing film you should watch. Hmm. Uh, I'll have to check it out. Yeah. First time I ever heard of him. Oh, you can look at it. Uh, you know, do you remember that band Live? They had that song, yeah. Lightning Crashes. And, um, okay. They name-checked him in one of their songs like way back when in the 90s. And it didn't even register to me. And then when I heard about... Uh, you know the documentary. I was like, "Oh, that's the same guy. That's crazy." Yeah, he's this cult anti-hero down there. Though yeah. everyone knows about yeah. that, yeah. and it's not always good things, but it's he's a household. It's like Gigi Allen here, you know. For sure. It's yeah. like <laughs> I didn't know him, but you're from New Hampshire. <laughs> well, I've uh, I've been up to Littleton. Mm-hmm. Uh, Did you see the grave? I didn't go see it just because. I don't, I don't no. really care. I mean, no. he, he played the Elvis from way back in the day. Yeah, what well, played is a, is a relative term. He, yeah, he, he was on stage. performed. Yeah. Um, he exhibited. But I was never, I mean, he certainly has his place yeah. in music yeah. history. I'm not, I mean, I'm not a fan of it. I mean, I, no. I get it, but it's not for me. So I was just like, yeah, whatever. But my friend lived across the street from the mm-hmm. cemetery where he's in and they finally like I guess the cops just throw people out all the time now because you know the, well they vandalize they vandalize it, it and yeah, people you know urinate and defecate on his grave uh, as a tribute to him but uh yeah so that was the it was funny because I've seen uh like, you ever hear that band, CKY? Yeah. Yeah, they did, like, a whole thing. Like, they, I mean, they're from Westchester, Pennsylvania, so they took, like, a pilgrimage to, to visit Littleton, New Hampshire, which, yeah, like, that's literally the only reason to go to Littleton, Yeah, New I've driven through, but I've never... I mean, it's just a tiny, like, rinky-dink town. You know. Yeah, that's kind of part of the charm up here. Mm-hmm. I've seen um the Johnny Earthquake band, right? Is that... I always mess up his last name. That, he used to be associated with Gigi Allen. Is that the... He dresses up as a pirate? Yes. Okay. So my my friend Pat plays drums with him a lot of times. So mm-hmm. I'll have to ask him about that because I didn't know there was a Gigi Allen connection. Yeah, there is some kind of common thread. I'm not sure what it is. Hmm. But I've seen him open for a bunch of different people. I've, and he's always been the highlight of the show. Sure. Today. Yeah, he's definitely an interesting character. And mm-hmm. uh, I've vended art at a couple different things that he's performed at. Mm-hmm. And then I go and look at his merch table, and he's got like twenty different releases. Like he's he has a lot of so, stuff. And his singles, he has a bunch of just like little LPs mm. and little forty fives. Mm. But all of them, he's got like the beard and the cat, the captain hat, captain hat, and the flowing white blouse. And in some cases, a cape. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that it's pretty cool. I like when like I love Doctor Gasp at Halloween time and just. So I I put out uh, Dan's first Halloween record. Did uh, you? He wasn't. I don't think he was using the Doctor Gasp persona, but he plays some of those songs mm-hmm. still as Doctor Gasp. Yeah, and then there's a. Um, I'm trying to think what the name of his first full-length Halloween record is, but there's a song on a call. Chase Murray Walker and the Whites, Farquhar. 
and I'm the chase in the nice. Egypt. Yeah. So, so that's my. That's you got the, a shout out. That's my claim to fame. Yeah. That, that's awesome. Yeah. And his he he has a new record, not a Dr. Gaz record, but his mm-hmm. his uh, the Alley Walker, um, and I sang backing vocals on one song on it. So, oh, awesome. Yeah, he rec- he recorded it at my brother's studio, my, his his old studio in Rollinsford. My brother just mm-hmm. opened up a new studio in Dover. So, so uh, you've got some connection. I've got some connection to to Dr. Gaz. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. I was lucky enough to see him at the press room last Halloween. Not this Halloween. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't get in. It was sold out. It was crazy up there. It was really, really hot and really packed. And yeah. I wanted to dance, but I couldn't move. Yeah. But it was amazing. And ah, <laughs> I think we're safe. Yeah, yeah we're good. <laughs> we're good. I'm gonna just let that sizzle where it is. <laughs> oh, it's just tea, anyways, right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I'm clumsy. Sorry. Right. <laughs> but anyway, um, he played Salem. A few days afterwards, mm-hmm. and I used to live down there, so I go down to Salem sometimes. Salem, yeah, awesome. yeah, yeah, on Halloween, and I couldn't even get in. The okay. cover was just too high, and it was sold out. So it's hey, good for him. Good for him. I have one of his patches that he made too, the Halloween lover patch. Nice. So yeah, Dan was sort of a big inspiration for me for doing my cross country mm-hmm. trip because he did his first U.S. tour last year, and. Dan is definitely someone who kind of flies by the seat of his pants as far as like having a business model or something like that. And I'm saying that with no, you know, I'm not looking down on him at all. It's because Dan's been doing his own thing for 19 years now. That's incredible. And I think that in, I might go get something to wipe this off actually, because I've made a total (laughs) itsy thing. All right. I'll be right back. Yeah, no problem. All right. (laughs) You can tell me if you know. She's going to grab napkins to clean up a tea spill um yeah so uh, luckily the uh, recorder's on a tripod so it is it is free from moisture uh, oh thank god you're back i was like trying to trying to okay, draw okay. out the conversation no I mean, you're good i mean i could have uh you could have started singing or i could have paused it or whatnot but i like to i like this is part of the conversation. You like the chaos of the conversation yeah and it's well it's i mean so many um, do you, I mean, do you listen to podcasts at all? I do. I listen to a lot of, um, it's funny, I'm a total nerd. I listen to history podcasts mm-hmm. from BBC. And there's one that I listen to on Radio 4 called yeah. In Our Time. Okay. And um, it's like, admin, not admin, moderated by Melvin Bragg. And he gets a panel of specialists in a certain field. Yeah. And they'll just completely pick apart one subject yeah, yeah. but you hear every once in a while someone will come in and ask if they want tea or like right. someone will come in or he'll lose his place or he'll stutter see i love i love the uh shut in nice how late are they open till? i think five i have no idea well it's yeah it's like three fifteen. Yeah, so she must be closing up in the back so nice. there was a um for the listeners there is a there's an accordion <laughs> four-fifths door that was just pulled down uh, you know I think if we had to escape we could probably you know force we, our way through it I know my way around yeah. that door actually opens into Jeff's hallway that goes upstairs so we could force he live upstairs he lives upstairs yeah. not, not to out where he lives but, right, right but anyway allegedly this place is haunted well too. I didn't say where we're where we're having this so yeah. it could be anywhere well we're at a haunted place yeah Somewhere in town. Somewhere in a town that 
has a coffee shop below a, a Jeff's apartment. We didn't say which Jeff. No. It's very mysterious. You didn't use his real last name. It's true. <laughs> Well, it's funny, for the longest time, I didn't actually know his really? real last name, and I would refer to him that way, and people were like... <laughs> Who the hell is that? And I'm like, you know, yeah. Hi, Heather. What's I know. <laughs> She's like, I know you're trying to trick me into talking on this podcast. She's not interested. <laughs> Jeff Jeff came in, and he, he sat down for like two seconds and was talking to us. I think he said two words. Yeah. <laughs> Well, he we was, were, yeah, fart jokes. Yeah. We he was talking, not amused. <laughs> we were talking about uh, corpse paint. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, we were like black metal. That's your cue. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you guys close at five, correct? Yes. Okay. All right. Uh, time. We just like to lock the weirdos back here after three. Okay, sounds good. Actually, yeah. that door, that little thing looks a little sturdier than I originally thought. I just thought it was paper. <laughs> no, it's nice. Yeah. Oh god, I don't know, whatever you're using to clean, just, you know how it like smell, like the whole factory thing, like bring back, it just reminded me of when I used to work at Blockbuster. Oh my god, I miss, I miss Block, did you work at the one in Portsmouth? No, I worked at the one in Stratum. Oh, I miss video stores. Did you know, there are six Blockbusters in Alaska. In Alaska, for when it gets dark all the time? Well, it's, (laughs) I think part of why they actually... Mm -hmm exist still. I mean, and they're independently owned. The company Blockbuster yeah. doesn't exist anymore. So they're just franchises that people have started. Yeah. Uh, well, they, I guess, because uh, I, I had a friend who uh, lived in Anchorage who one of them there has been there for, you know, close to 20 years. But as the company closed, they just kept the name. But uh, I guess some of the spots, internet's really spotty. Mm-hmm. So, so they have to rent. Yeah, watching home video, especially where you know, the times of year when you get three hours of daylight a day, like... You yeah, gotta you watch a lot of movies, lot of and movies. you can't get Netflix. Yeah. yeah, I actually, there's something to be said for borrowing movies. I borrow from the library all the yeah, time. my like, mom does too. Yeah, I go in at least once a week, and yeah. I get... You're allowed to take out ten movies at a time, and I study film, so I go in, and I'm like, these are the trash movies that I haven't seen because they were too lowbrow for us to watch in sure. class. but if so, you could... Yeah, and if you go yeah. get them from the library... Um, oh yeah, and it's not like you have to pay money to see them, so right. we can go and watch whatever. Yeah, and you kind of, I don't know, like I've discovered some 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 favorite films over the years through that sort of thing. Like, you know, something mm-hmm. that it wasn't on purpose, like, oh, I have to see this. It was just like you stumbled upon it. Wow, I'm trying to think of, I'm trying to think what it is that... I'm trying to remember the one that I just started watching. It's a BBC series. I want to say it's called... I want to call it The Living and the Dead, but it's about this small town where these spirits inhabit... Like, they start possessing people, and it toes the line between life and death. And I started watching it, and it was actually really good, and I had never heard of it. Hmm. And now it's on Amazon Prime, so... Oh, okay. I can finish it when I... At I, your leisure? At my leisure, yeah, yeah when I have time. <laughs> I don't have Amazon Prime. I had it for a while. And mm-hmm. it's one of those things, there's some, like, so Netflix has a bunch of proprietary stuff. Yeah. Amazon has it. And, you know, in I think it's 2019, Disney's launching their own thing. Oh, really? Um, which normally, yeah, I'd be like, yeah, who cares? But because they own Star Wars. They own Star Wars, Wars now. Yeah. And um, they own, don't they own Marvel? They do own Marvel. I, I mean, 
I like Marvel movies, but not nearly as much as Star Wars. I mean, no, I'm so excited for the new Star Wars film. I saw the trailer when I was at the gym this morning, mm-hmm. and I've already marked my calendar. I just fifteenth, which is my forty second birthday. Oh, um, perfect. I'm actually birthday. going. We have tickets for the night of the fourteenth. It's it's weird with movies now because they're like, oh yeah, it opens December fifteenth, but there's showings starting at four o'clock in the afternoon on the fourteenth. I'm like. You can see it at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. So it doesn't open on the... Well, the 15th is considered the opening day, though. That doesn't make any sense. No, no. Well, it might be a preview show. That's that's what they do all the time now with movies. You can always see them the day before. I went to see... So I didn't realize this at the time when I bought Mm -hmm. my tickets. Because I actually love some of Rob Zombie's horror films. Yeah. And as campy as they are, I think that he actually has a really great eye. Mm-hmm. And he's obviously a film nut, so it's everything yeah. is really reflexive to mm-hmm. classic horror, which is just, like, candy sure. for me. For sure. And so I saw 31 at Newington. I haven't seen that. It's terrible. Yeah. Don't see it. Is that the one... Because he puts his wife in a lot of movies. Is that the one yeah. where she's in, like, really caked on white paint with like an X on her forehead on the poster. No, um, that's actually Lords of Salem. Oh, okay. Yeah. He made that when I was living down in Beverly, yeah. which is like, right, basically Salem. Yeah. And so I remember Greenlawn Cemetery was blocked off one day because they were filming there. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Is, it, is but, Lords of Salem worth seeing? It's okay. It's not... Um, I mean, for a Rob Zombie movie. For a Rob Zombie movie, it's yeah. pretty decent. It has that cool kind of black metal element to it. Sure, where there's sure. like the record, the vinyl that summons the, the devil. Va- demons. It's right. kind of like witches. I don't okay. know how to describe them. It was okay, but 31 was basically The Hunger Games, if Rob Zombie directed it. I gotcha. Starred his wife in it in a skimpy outfit. Right. Had some like fake Nazi. Yeah. He had like a dwarf dressed like a Nazi chasing someone down. Hmm. And Malcolm McDowell in cake, <laughs> like Rococo style makeup. Right, right. Huh. So it it was weird. And of course before the movie started, it had concert footage from the return of the dread store, Rob Zombie and Corn last right. year. Right. Mansfield. Oh man. Oh god. Um <laughs> bringing it back to corn. This is the thread today. Yeah, this is, what did you guys talk about? Mostly the band corn. <laughs> Mostly. Well, in in so many words we talked about the band corn. Yeah. We haven't even actually talked about corn. We talked about Right. Well, so the thing that, the biggest thing that like turned me off to Korn was on their third album, Mm -hmm. they did a song with Fred Durst, and the fact that they did a song with him... All in the Family, right? Yeah, but the fact that, so on their first album, they had that song, Faggot, Mm -hmm. which was all about Jonathan Davis being teased in in school. Yeah, as a kid. And sort of kind of claiming that word is like a you know like a like a badge of honor almost mm-hmm. and then they just two albums later when they did that song I think it was two albums later I think it was their third album um, you know they used the, the line and it, it's sort of like a jokey song where Fred Durst and Jonathan Davis are insulting each other back Yeah, it's and a forth. call and response sort of yeah. song where they're just... I always felt like that song should have just been like an extra. Like, you know how sometimes after a song there'll be a yeah, long like silence hidden, hidden and then track. they end yeah. it? Because 
it just feels like a joke. It's yeah, it, but but also the fact that I, and I think it's Fred Durst, but I mm -hmm. think he says like it's too bad you're a fag and on a lower level, and I'm like, okay, so you guys are just be you're you are now the knucklehead jocks that you were, you were that were beating you up. About. You know, just, you know, when you were a kid. Yeah, it's like on one hand, he's using it as a word of empowerment. And then on the next, he's just bringing it back to a derogatory. Right, right. And yeah, and I actually feel that about a lot of early songs. Like even mm -hmm. the song Hey Daddy, which is clearly about childhood abuse. Right. And something yeah. that is a mark on his mind. And it's like, then you go and some of their other songs are like the little girls. And, right, yeah. right. But I would say... Corn definitely had a place, and it definitely influenced that new metal. Sure, sure. So I, I don't know, for better or worse. <laughs> it, it, corn and new metal happened. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, it's one of those things that, like, I think a lot of this generation look at it, look at new metal the same way mm -hmm. the previous generation looked at, like, you know, hair metal and mm -hmm. stuff like that. I mean. Yeah, new metal to me, I always think of that very early 2000s look where guys would gel their hair and twist it. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, Insane Clown Posse and their fans started taking on that same yeah. look. Yeah, and then the, the braids with the little rubber bands around Oh, yeah, it. those long, almost like cornrows. And yeah. then baggy, baggy. The, the baggy raver like bands. Jenko jeans. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then the wallet chain that went oh. down almost to your feet. I had a wallet chain. Yeah, oh, I, so did I. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I my, I remember my parents were like it's a drug culture. I had I had Marilyn Manson posters on my walls yeah. and they hated it. And I was super into new metal. I liked Static X. And sure. Yeah, I like I I actually still I've been on a Perfect Circle and a Tool Kick, which is sure. not new metal, but no, it's that but same it's, kind it's, of prog. It, it's they're they're you know. Different streets, same neighborhood. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It was that like weird kind of trippy prog world. Mm -hmm. And so on one hand, it was like this aggressive new metal. And then on another, there was me listening to Tool, which was obviously psychedelic. Right. And then there was Marilyn Manson, yeah. who had like fake pills on his albums. Yeah. So. Yeah. I was just uh, I was talking to someone about Perfect Circle the other day, because they just released mm -hmm. a song for the first time in years the other Really? Yeah. I didn't know about that. They're, they just did a little tour. Um, and then they have a, they're have they working on a new album. That's um, really exciting. I'm, uh, I'm maybe 50 pages into Maynard's sort of autobiography. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it's somebody else wrote the bulk of it, but they yeah, basically sat uh, It's not a ghostwriter because their name's oh. right on the front. Okay. It's one of those things, but it was a childhood friend who is a journalist, and so he's like, people have been asking me to do a book for a while, but I don't want to necessarily write it. I'd like someone who is a writer to write it, so she sat down with him, and then, but it's interesting, because I started reading it, and I kept putting it down, just the physical book, putting it down, because it's a pretty dry read, yeah. but I bought the, uh, I bought the audio book on my trip. Oh, that's a good. So, but it was one of those things that the little app that I used to buy audiobooks said it was read by the author, which is not 100% not true, but it's mostly not true because he'll do like a little snippet like every 15 minutes where he'll read a passage or something, but it's mostly, so, and it's not the author reading it either, it's just some, some voice actor 
reading it. So I was like, it's eh, kind okay. of disappointing. Eh, I'm really interested in reading Al Jurgensen's autobiography. Does it, has he put a book out? He has. I saw there was a documentary that came out a couple of years ago. Oh yeah, Ministry. Uh, I think it's just called Fix or something like that. I haven't seen it yet, but I've actually seen it on YouTube. It's pretty available, it's not pretty it. good. It's, I mean, Ministry is one of those bands that I'm a huge fan of a lot of their stuff. I love their early stuff. I love um, like how with, early, with, like with, with sympathy. sympathy, with sympathy through. I like some stuff from uh, going all the way up to some stuff off of Filth Pig. It's mm -hmm. like I loved With Sympathy, their weird singles and unreleased from that era. Yeah, Every and Day then, is Halloween. Yeah, yeah. and um, Nature of Love yeah. and A Walk in the Park I think is amazing. Yeah. The bass line in that is really groovy. And then I really like uh, Twitch. And the land of rape and honey, yeah. and then something's off of the mind is a terrible thing to taste. Those are the best, like angry aggro songs to just dark. Cannibal song, yeah. Yeah, I think the only song that I don't like is the is the rap song on there. Oh no, so, I can't listen to it. No, <laughs> so, I almost you almost did it too. too. Yeah, um, there's some ministry that's unlistenable for me. I um, I got into ministry with the their live mini album, the In Case You mm -hmm. Feel Like Showing Up. Yeah, which the video is awesome. It's fantastic, and Jello Biafra's in the video, but it's not on the album. Mm -hmm. uh, but that the version of Stigmata that's okay. on, where he says fuck like 50 times at the end, because he starts, he just gives like a laundry list of, uh, he says like fuck George Bush, fuck his ugly wife, fuck Tipper Gore, like because uh -huh. it, it was yeah. in the late '80s when it came out. But he's still really political. Oh yeah, he had this um, chicken dressed like Donald Trump, I think. I, oh really? What it, I didn't go to the show in um, Worcester, but they played Worcester recently with yeah. Rock and Shock, the horror convention. Sounds about right. I wanted to go, but then I was like, I don't know if I want to see modern ministry. I'm kind of. I mean, because it's, so it's it's basically it's Al. And then the guys from Prong, and mm -hmm. I don't know who's playing drums with them now, but it's yeah. ever since Paul Barker left the band, it's been yeah. like a revolving door of different like people. Like it's guys from Typo Negative, guys from Prong, like guys. It's from weird. I like. Um, I actually love the Revolting Cox. Yeah. I thought that that project was amazing. Yeah. I think just like even just his dance albums, right? They're incredible. Like if you get Front Two Four Two involved with anything, right? It's gonna have a really cool synth track. Yeah, I mean, because it's Revolting Cox, it's basically just Ministry mm -hmm. with Front 242 and then yeah. Chris Connolly. Yes, Yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, Have you listened to a lot of those, um, a lot of those Wax Tracks bands from that time were really unusual? I had the, so back in the early 90s, Wax Tracks mm -hmm. put out this thing called The Black Box. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if you I know about The Black Box. Which, I had to say, I, like I say it up for, there used to be a record store in town. Um, it's now the like in no it's not where life is good it's the oh, other are you side thinking, uh, it's, was this the one that was in eagle photo yeah yeah uh, sessions it was called mm -hmm. yeah it was kind of in like the back of eagle photo yeah to, like and, go in and down and that go little around yeah this guy level. this guy craig used to work there and he turned me on mm -hmm. to like a lot of industrial stuff because like you know i bought the downward spiral the day it came oh, out there and like he's like you gotta check this out and I was like what is mm -hmm. this and uh 
he told me about the black box and I had them special order it, which it was, it was three CDs and the, the CD cases inside the box were all black as well. I was like, whoa, I had never seen yeah. that before. But I think I paid like probably like 60 bucks for it, which is yeah. crazy now to think about. I bought some box sets in my day yeah. that have been really expensive. I'm trying to remember the band I was going to ask you about. It's just like not coming. So the more Sorry, we talk, I, cut, just I like, cut you off. No, um, there's this really campy band that, let me let me look them up. Okay. Sorry to drag on No, 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 it's it's no problem. But that was the first time that I had heard, uh, you know, 1000 Homo DJs, which is, you know, it was ministry with Trent Reznor. Mm-hmm. Um, and they did a Black Sabbath cover on there too. And I was like, I was like, wait, you can be into like this type of music, but also like Black Sabbath because back then it was very much like music genres were segregated. Oh yeah, no, but if you look at Black Sabbath, they were one of those the first bands that brought all of that ritual and just right. the dark, like the black candles. Yeah. I, I always talk about this and the fact that at one point that was the worst thing you could listen to. Oh yeah, is it's like oh. They're singing about witches. Right. There's this dark woman on the cover that looks like um, she looks like she must be some kind of spiritualist. Right, and there's all sorts of uh, urban legends about the cover of the first Sabbath album. Like nobody knows who that woman was, but they were just shooting, and she just showed up. Which, you know, Geezer Butler has debunked many times. He's like, no, we know who she was. We paid her to be there. Mm-hmm. Like, but you know, it's it is a lot of fun too to to play with that. But and, and also Black Sabbath, like. So much of their stuff, it's allegories for the anti-war stuff. Oh, yeah, War Pigs, all of the entire song. Yeah. And, I mean, even Iron Man mm-hmm. is very much military. Oh, yeah. It's driving me nuts that I can't think of who this band is because it is the campiest music video that you'll ever watch. Mm. And it's incredible. I don't know. I'll find it. I just love that there was, do you know that band Palehead? Oh, I know about Palehead. I actually have that. Oh, it's really? That, um, it's a collaboration between Al Jorgensen and... Um, Ian MacKay from yeah. Fugazi, which couldn't be, like, more different, like, human beings, like, both as people and also, like, how they live their lifestyles, but I just think it's funny that they did. Yeah. Yeah, and it like, actually works, yeah. for the most part. Mm-hmm. I think it's pretty decent. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that it's lost. I'll have to send it along to you and okay. you, can, you can enjoy... The song is called, um, I know I have it, <laughs> if you go off with this one more. Yeah, for sure. Because it is really worth mentioning. It's yeah. honorable mention. Okay. Today. But, yeah, anyway, sorry. It'll so, live. Something we haven't talked about yet um, is art. I know. I was surprised that we haven't talked about it. Well, I wasn't sure if this was just exclusively an art podcast or if it was. No, it's, it, it's, it's honestly like... It's an everything podcast. It's an everything or nothing podcast. It's more just like people that I know who are, originally I was like, okay, it's artists and creators that I know, which you certainly fall under that category. But then I sort of branched out and it's just like, it's just people that I think are interesting that I want to have a conversation with. Well, thanks for Uh, having me in that case. That's Uh, awesome. But um, yeah, because I first got to know you through Instagram, through your artwork, and then, because I don't yeah, think, it, I think originally I didn't even know that you and Jeff knew each other or, you know, yeah. were involved with each other, um, so, I don't know, like, how long have you been making art? I've been making art my whole life. Yeah. It's, um, 
kind of more or less my whole life. Mm-hmm. I went through this little phase in my early 20s where I just couldn't. And I was like, I can't do this. I'm going to just study. And yeah. for a little while, I was actually studying education. Yeah. And I was working on my master's to be a teacher. Okay. And the more I get away from it, the more I'm like, no, I need to get back to this. Sure, sure. So I, yeah, I've been working as an illustrator yeah. for the last probably like five or six years like, with other side jobs. Sure, yeah, that's but, it pretty much has to be the case for most. Yeah, well, most you're really prolific too. How long have you been making? Um, it's tough for me to say because I, I drew a lot when I was a kid and then I drew a lot in high school, and but I didn't really, there wasn't a whole lot of discipline to it. Yeah, it was just you enjoyed it. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know that many high school kids who do have discipline. Um, I, I do know one, this guy, Nate Walker, who is a full-time professional is, He's at Montserrat. Uh, he was. I don't know if he's, he's still there. He's married to one of my friends. Oh, really? Yeah. Do you know Q, Rebecca? Uh, I don't know that I've met, because we went to high school together, and I met his first wife I didn't meet mm-hmm. his current wife yeah he was actually an illustration professor when I was studying there oh really okay yeah, I, knew that, I knew that yeah I knew that he, he taught there but yeah he was always very disciplined about mm-hmm. his art and it was one of those things that and I knew even in high school and this was I can say this there was like no resentment or whatnot but I was like I made some much better artists than I am oh yeah um there were definitely people at my high school that I looked at and I was like oh this girl's going to be an artist, or right. this girl is going to be an art teacher. Yeah. And kids looked at me like that, but I was always like, oh, I just do this. because I just, I have to do I, it. I was a really nervous person when right. I was young. And a split second, Mambo Witch is the name of the song. Mambo Witch? Mambo Witch is the song, and it's by a band called A Split, split Second, second. Oh, which is a Belgian that. industrial band. Okay. I'll remind you, I'll, I'll remember it now. Well, I, I've got it on tape. You've got it on too, tape, so, yeah. Uh, well, the, the, you know... Not actual tape. I've got it on ones and zeros. Yeah, the digital, uh, yeah. the digital archive. But uh-huh. yeah, I would just go to the art room and I would be nervously scribbling. Yeah. And people were like, oh, you're going to be an artist one day. I was like, oh. yeah. I'm going to hide under the desk so I don't have to go to math class. Right. <laughs> yeah, it was just one of those things for me that I did it, and then I went to the UNH uh, art department mm-hmm. and hated it. You went to UNH for art. For for one semester, oh. and then I dropped out. That was me in art school too. Yeah. I went to Montserrat for one semester, and I wanted to drop out more than anything. Yeah, I was living with some of the most amazing people, but some of also the not right. not amazing. Sure, my roommate was horrible, but I met one of my best friends who lived in the room next to me, and so I wanted to drop yeah. out. I hated my classes. I wasn't being challenged. Yeah, but I had some great professors. I just wanted to be reading and writing more. Mm-hmm. Like my studios are phenomenal, but it's like in English class, you're reading graphic novels and I wanted right. to study Russian history. Right. <laughs> it's like, right. and so I stayed for a year and then I just couldn't do it anymore. So I went to UNH. Okay. But, but I know what you mean. It's like sometimes it just does not bode well if you're creative. Well, I was also, you know, I was 18 at the time. I was not ready for mm-hmm. college, but I was also, I wasn't ready to learn about art. I just wanted to continue making art. Yeah. Um, which sounds kind of weird to say, but it was like, you know, when I was 18, not that I thought I knew everything about it, but I thought 
I knew everything I needed to know about it. So yeah. to, and then to discover from these professors that oh, a lot of what I thought about art was incorrect and mm -hmm. or sort of my approach to it was not the, the best way to do it. I didn't want to hear it. Yeah, and the way that it fits into other disciplines. Right. Like I loved art history more than anything yeah. at school because like I was reading these thick texts and I was doing analysis and going to museums, but in my studios I would go in and we would be doing still lives and I would learn that I wasn't structurally drawing lights to darks properly and at first I was like oh no this isn't like I, I just can't wrap my head around it yeah but then one day it clicked and I didn't enjoy it more but I definitely learned something and took it with me mm -hmm. and it for me it was more just I felt like it wasn't what I wanted to be spending my money on sure is like I thought I've got one chance to go and get an undergrad degree in something that I'm going to use right so that's why I left. Yeah. And I also just had the worst living situation with yeah, that roommate. That'll, that'll definitely do she, it. She used to watch me sleep and she wore like this white nightgown. It was a crazy thing. Not to speak ill. Right, well, but I mean. One day it'll inspire me to draw something, I guess. Did you see, um, there's a movie that came out this year, Ghost Story? I didn't see it, but I saw the trip. That's the one with the sheet ghost, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's. I mean, it's a, it's a beautiful film. It's definitely one of, like, it, it's definitely going to be in my top ten films for the year. Really? Uh, oh, so yeah. it's worth seeing? Oh, it's absolutely worth seeing. It's not a horror film at all, though. I thought it could go either way. I actually like paranormal films because I like how somber they are. It's not, I mean, I would say it's far less paranormal and more spiritual. Okay. Um, but not in a puritanical way mm -hmm. at all. What's crazy, so it's Casey Affleck underneath mm -hmm. the sheet, yes. and it's not a stand-in at all, even though 90% of the movie he's <laughs> under yeah. the sheet, not saying anything. It was, it's crazy, because it was the same director who did, um, did this movie called Ain't Them Body Saints. Oh, I love that. Yes. I, with Rooney Mara also. Yeah. She's in Ghost Story. She's in, yeah. Ghost I thought that that was a really great film. I love that Americana, like the crime drama. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he had just done, or he had just won the Oscar for uh, Manchester by the Sea. Mm -hmm. And the director's like, hey, I've got this project, but you won't be on the screen, you know. Yeah, you he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm totally in. He's like, I can just disappear for... And I mean, I, I know he was having like personal problems in the media at the time too. So yeah. I think he just relished the fact he could work and just kind of disappear for it. But there are some. I mean, it's easy to forget that a lot of actors do still practice as an art, right? Rather than just this is my job, right. I'm going to do this because I'm going to make money. Sure. It's like there are some actors that are still in it just to do something. Sure, something that something that moves them, something they believe in. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Rooney Mara is one of those actresses in the last probably ten years. Mm -hmm. If I if I hear that she's in something that I wouldn't necessarily pay attention to, I'm like, oh, maybe I'll check it out. Yeah. She does a lot of interesting stuff. Too. I do really like her. Yeah. I I just find that I've fallen in love with her yeah. as an actress. I loved um, the first girl, the Dragon Tattoo film that they made. Yeah, she was I'm great in that. Disappointed that they haven't done any more since then. But they're doing another one, but they're recasting her, which I think is stupid. That sucks. Is Daniel Craig also being? No, it's like same studio, mm -hmm. 
but a completely new cast, and David Fincher's not doing it, so I'm just so like... So it's, it's not the same film? No, even yeah. though they're calling it a sequel. I'm like, if it's none of the same people involved, I don't know. It's got, I have mixed feelings about it's that. It's like, I don't know, it just makes me think of all of those kind of straight-to-DVD... Like, oh, this is from Dust Till Dawn 2. Right. Bruce Campbell's in this one. Yeah. And you're <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, uh, oh, yikes. Uh, <laughs> which is funny. I loved From Dust Till Dawn. But that's the first another. one was awesome. But revisiting that, too. I mean, it's funny, too, because, you know, I love vampire movies, but it's. The vampires are not barely vampires. No, they're just like, they're sexy strippers, and then. And then they turn into these weird, like, ogre things. Yeah, they get these faces. And she, Selma Heck, is a snake yeah. when she turn, turns. Yeah. yeah, I thought that was a pretty good movie. I definitely, I have a drawing from when I was, I must have been still in high school, and it was the scene where all of a sudden they attack at the bar. Nice. Yeah, I gotta find it. It's so bad. It's so badly done. <laughs> it was my pride and joy at the time, though. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> what awesome. were you saying? Sorry. Um, what was I saying? Oh, the end shot. Mm-hmm. Where they like, sorry, spoiler, if anyone hasn't seen it, when they pan out to the back of, what was the club? The uh, Titty Twister. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they pan out to the back of it, and it's like the back of oh, like, yeah, it's just a ravine. And there's all these trucks that have been like pushed down there for, for just centuries. Um, well, I guess trucks wouldn't be centuries, but mm-hmm. decades for sure. And it's clearly a painting. Not, oh, yeah. Not an actual set. Robert Rodriguez has a thing with that, though. Yeah. Like, that end shot. Because I'm thinking about Planet Terror and how they end, and it's a shot, it pans out. It pans out. And she's out. riding a horse through Tulum. Oh, yeah. Which is an okay. ancient yeah. Mayan ruin. I, Robert Rodriguez is one of those guys, I wish... Like, I like him far more than I like his films. Oh, definitely. Like, his enthusiasm is amazing, and, like... All his DVDs, he does like a film, ten minute film school, mm-hmm. and it's basically like, here's how you can do something low budget in a film and like make it look effective, and just how into making movies he is. It's great. And then I watch his movies. I'm like, ah, I wish they were. It's campy. Yeah, yeah it's definitely campy. Well, he's one of the few directors that in every interview he doesn't refer to it as a film or this is my project. He goes, I'm making this flick. Yeah. And he uses the term yeah. flick to describe them because it's so Grindhouse of him yeah. even before he made Grindhouse. Right. Yeah. But some of the work that he's done with Tarantino where I actually, sometimes I even love Tarantino more as a writer. Yeah. So I'm trying to think of that one that he just wrote. Like my brain is not the not Tarantino bad. wrote. Yeah, Tarantino wrote. Someone else directed it. Someone very just like highbrow famous. I don't know if I was aware. Did you ever see? Um, of course, I would forget what it's called. Was he involved with True Romance? Yeah, he, he wrote, wrote True, True Romance. Romance. Yeah, but Tony Scott directed it. Yeah, that's another one of those yeah. really great films that I don't know if it would have been the same if Tarantino had directed it. Yeah, I think it would have... Because it's got his writing in it, but told in more of a straightforward film sort of way where yeah. if, if he had directed it... But also, you look at Natural Born Killers and all... I was just about to yeah, bring it to Natural Born Killers. That's like in... Oliver Stone on in, like I mean and he Oliver Stone admits that he made he was on mushrooms through most of the making yeah, of that movie with those weird animated sequences yeah but yeah. at the same time 
the majority of the film is shot in this like kind of melodramatic romantic right which is very much true romance like mm. there are the repeated lines in that as well as natural born killers yeah well you could easily see Alabama and Clarence mm-hmm. if it was taken to an extreme they could easily be turned into Mickey and Mallory oh definitely so, yeah yeah um because, I mean, Mallory, she had that campy 90s fashion, crimped hair, yeah. Juliette Lewis. Yeah. And then um, in True Romance, she has, like, the hot pink lipstick and the big sunglasses. Yeah, and yeah. There's that scene in the phone booth where she's wearing this really campy outfit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Go back and watch that movie. It's actually, I really like that one. Well, I have a, the Tarantino 20 box set, which has all of his movies up until Django Unchained mm-hmm. in it, but it also has True Romance in it. It doesn't have Natural Born Killers in it, but it has True Romance in it. Okay. Um, and so I, re, I went through the box set and watched all of those. I mean, mm-hmm. I had seen all of them. Um, and then, Well, sometimes know. just watching a director's work, as like chronologically work. and yeah. as a body of work, is really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It made me kind of realize, I did that with David Lynch a few years ago, and I'm okay, like I like his work sometimes, Yeah. but I came to the revelation, and it kind of was an identity thing where I don't love his work. Right. It's like, I didn't, I'm sorry, unpopular opinion, I did not like Twin Peaks, I couldn't watch it. <laughs> the just, new one or the original? Uh, the original. It's, it's, David Lynch is one of those guys, because I, I have a very close friend who loves David Lynch, but oh, yeah. he's a dude who's hard to love. Mm-hmm. I think he's one of those people that a lot of people appreciate, but I think very few people understand mm-hmm. it, myself certainly included. I mean, there's certain movies of his that I like. Yeah, Lost but, Highway, I think, is an amazing film. Yeah. I think soundtrack-wise, and yeah. then just thematically, it's such a dark movie. It's been it's twisted. so long because I saw Lost Highway in the theater. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen it. God, it's probably been 10 years since the last yeah. time I watched it. Uh, that was uh, Richard Pryor's last film. Was it? Yeah, because he's, he's in the wheelchair and he's. I don't even remember what the what the details of it were, but he died maybe four or five years after, really? after that movie. Yeah. I just remember, like I always picture Robert Blake's character and that, just that creepy like pancake white face yeah. just showing up with the telephone. Yeah, yeah, it was, cause that was, that was before his. That was before he whole, got arrested. Yeah, for, <laughs> for killing his, or allegedly killing, cause he was, he was, I don't think he was found guilty. I think he was found. Was he exonerated for that? Yeah. What? My other question is: He still alive? I'm I'm pretty sure. I'm not sure. I'm not entirely sure. Uh, It's a good thing we have our phones to do some research here. Why are you looking stuff up on the internet while you're? Yeah, still alive. Also, didn't know that that's not his real name. He is 84. What is his real name? Michael James Gubitosi. Not, not even close to Robert Blake. Robert Blake. Robert Blake always just makes me think of William Blake. Yeah. So. I wonder if. Yeah, it's, I'm just looking on. Oh yeah, yeah, go for he, it. He was tried and acquitted of the murder, uh, but in 2005 he was found liable in a California civil court for her wrongful death. Okay. So no criminal so, charges, but he was. But he sued. was 
liability. Yeah. For yeah. liability. In a That's civil like, trial. It's so weird the way that our justice system works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's... They never figured out the thing that happened with Natalie Wood, too. Nope. No. That's no. one of my favorite stories. It's just... All the, every time I watch West Side Story, I always just think, like, oh, poor Natalie Wood. <laughs> right. I, I was in um, a play in high school. I was in... Mm-hmm. Uh, we did Splinter in the Grass, which she was in with uh, Warren Beatty. Okay. And we had to watch the movie, and I was like, oh, that's the, that's the same girl. Because, like... Yeah. When you see older films, or at least when I was younger and I saw these older films, like these iconic films, mm-hmm. you see these actors in it. But, like, when I saw Judy Garland as yeah. Dorothy, like, any other picture I ever saw of Judy Garland was, mm-hmm. well, that's a picture of Dorothy. It's not, that's. Not. That's an actress who played her, but also did other stuff, and it's also mm-hmm. Liza Minnelli's mom. You know, it was just, no, yeah. that was Dorothy. So it was always jarring if I saw them in another movie. And I was like, what's what's happening? I mean, every time I see pictures of Betty Davis when she was older, I was like, oh, the poor thing. Right. It's right. just like, oh, oh, she did other things, but oh, the poor creature. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, I whatever happened to baby Jane is still by far one of my favorite movies yeah. that has like I've ever seen. Well, it's a great film. It's a great <laughs> Me and my friend always just kind of impersonate that and going off of that for some reason, they're not related, but Grey Gardens yeah. is, I mean, I guess you could argue that there was the TV miniseries made, which was um, Feud and Jessica Lange was in it. Okay. And Jessica Lange was in the HBO remake of Grey Gardens. Right. And so I guess that could be your common thread. Sure. But I relate those two films so closely. Hmm. And that is like just the heart and soul of some of the creatures that I draw. Sure, sure. Yeah. God, that's I mean that's your your drawings what drew me in. It, there's definitely like a because you usually have or not usually, but often I've seen some sort of creature and then some sort of Oh yeah, some woman. Yeah, yeah. I've got people always ask me about like why I draw what I draw, and it's all super dark. And I mean, I usually just use the blanket term like "oh, death" is why I draw what I draw. But a friend of mine actually has a zine called "Monsters Holding Bitches." Do you know about it? (laughs) Uh -uh. Oh, it's awesome. You should give it a look up. Monsters Holding Bitches. Yeah, on Instagram. Actually, I work. I'm working on a new piece for it, which is overdue. Yeah. But um. Yes, I've got some Krampus block prints going on here. Nice. Yeah, I saw I saw your post about that. Oh my gosh, I've been really busy. This is the latest Monsters Holding Bitches. The theme is aliens. Nice. So that's where that's where I'm. Now, how long does a piece like that take you to do? Um. Well, I sketched it at work. Okay. And then I just I mean I've already bent it, but I'm gonna just scan it in. I would say like a couple hours. If, yeah. it, if I'm really into it, it won't take long. Do you, how do you feel about having a work in progress photographed? Oh, go for it. Okay. Yeah, whatever. Because I have to make a, I have to make a title thing and this won't go up till January. So I think you'll be done with it at that point anyways, but. What is this? So this, I'll show you. It's. Okay. So this is for the, so when this episode of the podcast goes up, mm-hmm. this will be like the graphic for it. So yeah. the podcast is called, This Is My Truth, Tell Me Yours. Oh, that's awesome. So. I just did it on this little canvas. Yeah, I love your little canvases. Thanks. Um, God, that's... 
the detail on that is crazy. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, yeah I love the wine work. I love drawing nude women and monsters. <laughs> I, I paint nude women a lot too, but you know, uh, they're, I, I haven't really drawn a lot of monsters per se. I draw a lot of animals. Yeah, I mean, I've tried drawing, I mean, for a little while, the devil was a common theme in right. my art because, like, there are a lot of things that symbolic, like, I'm, I'm an atheist and yeah. I don't believe in anything, but the devil has often been a symbol for all of the negativity and all of the darkness, sure. and so... Well, it's, it's, it's mankind not taking responsibility for our own actions, it's easier to put all of the wrongness in the world onto this onto the, well, mythological guy who lives in the basement. I know, and it's interesting because the devil can represent both the outside world and the internal. Sure. And so you can summarize all of the wrong into a drawing into this one character and then just draw this woman that she looks innocent. She looks like she's being attacked, but right. really, is she being attacked? Yeah. She looks like she might be enjoying herself a little bit. Sure. But I don't know. Is she trying to break away? You could That's also, I mean, I looked at the first thing that I saw is that she might even be controlling yeah. the creature behind her. Yeah, I'm not sure what I'm going to do with her hands yet. I'm still figuring that one out. But I always kind of liked the idea of women being in the center of a canvas yeah. and then making sense of what's going on around them. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think the tendency is to look at a woman like she's being attacked when really she's put herself well especially in this culture because she's nude yeah like oh she must they be see her as being vulnerable vulnerable but it's it, it's also empowering no. no and i think when you look at ancient nudes like you look at the grecian like the marble statues mm -hmm. nude nudes were a figure of power like the gods right. were nude right and it showed perfection yeah and so yeah i don't know and a lot of my drawings, like, they're not sexual, they're just, they happen to show a figure. And I think a nude shows that something's human. Yeah, for sure. Well, it's interesting in our culture how we have such a problem with nudity, mm -hmm. but also it's looked at almost exclusively as sexual. Yeah, where when it might not be at all. Right. Right. It's like you go to an art museum and you see Aphrodite, and she's right. the goddess of love, but that she's she's nude, she's not naked. Right, right. It's the difference. Yeah. Sorry, I think I'm getting work messages. Oh, uh, no problem. I should probably... Yeah, I, I, I should think, probably actually... I think my parking is just about up, too, and I know yeah, you have I to think, work. Did you think of a word from our culture to repurpose? Oh, jeez. I forgot, too. I, I totally just, forgot. But um, I, I know someone's... Uh, there's got to be a word. Well, there's a word that I hate, so I think... What is it? The word drizzle. Hate drizzle it. is a bad word. There are a lot of words that I really hate. Thermos so, is a word that I really hate. Which one? Thermos. Thermos. It's the hard TH. For some reason, it just drives me. Yeah. Interesting. I do like the word spackle. I like the word spackle. But drizzle, I feel like I need to repurpose it and make my peace with it, because it's... It, to me, it... Like, I hate it when they use it to describe a, like, a dessert, and they're like, mm -hmm. oh, rich caramel, and then we drizzle, and I'm like, that sounds well, horrible. The thing about drizzle and dessert is when people describe desserts, open any menu, and it sounds like they're describing, like, 
anything sexual. Right. It's like, oh, with a drizzle. It's yeah. like, that does not sound like, good. Oh, it's God. like, oh, drizzle yeah, sounds. Clean yeah, clean that up right yeah. now. Yeah, don't do that yeah. on my desserts. Drizzle. <laughs> Maybe drizzle should not be yeah. used for food. Sir, you have drizzled on my cheesecake. <laughs> Take it back. Post haste. Yeah, the innuendo of drizzling on somebody's <laughs> cheesecake. <laughs> okay, what can drizzle mean? I don't know. I, don't I just know. I didn't say we had to come up with how. Oh, we're we didn't have to conclude it. No, I just you know I'm like I need to find something in everyday life and then repurpose it like J.K. Rowling's did for something else. So I'll have to use it. Yeah, it's funny. You can always do it in a post too. For well, some. I am working on a writing piece right now. I'm working on a screenplay, so I'm gonna well. I'm gonna try and. Try and work it in there. It, it'll be yeah. one of those things. Some read it and be like, "Why is drizzle in the middle of this conversation?" Kind of it's a thing. Just no, I don't worry about it. Yeah, just don't humor it. It's one word in many. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. I have so many unfinished pieces of prose, and there's one that I was working that was going to be a novel, yeah. and there are so many disgusting words in it, and that was the point. Is I just I wanted it to be the grossest thing. Yeah, like evoke the grossest imagery that you could imagine. But it's unfinished. So, it's unfinished. It's um, I think it's like thirty-five pages long, mm. and it's got a pretty good basis. It's about this hideous old woman that lives in a trailer, and she mm. murdered her husband, and set it ablaze. But it's based off of all of these like meth heads and folks that I've seen around. So, yep. I started yep. it years ago. And do you think you'll revisit it? I want to. Yeah. Yeah. I called it Paradise. <laughs> I don't know. I'll revisit it eventually. Sounds interesting. Even if it's just to draw the characters. Sure. Yeah, it's for me. I have much more follow through with visual art than with mm-hmm. written. Visual so. art is so much more satisfying yeah. because you see it all at once. Yeah. With written stuff, you've got to go back pages and pages to make sure you haven't used the same sentence over again. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I, I express myself well both, but visually, when you finish something like this, it's so much more satisfying. Yeah. And you know when it's done. And you, yeah, or at least you have an idea. Yeah. Sometimes you go back and you fix somebody's nose or like. Right. You paint over it and start again. I had to do that this morning. I had to fix a monkey's oh. nose. Oh. Do I get to see it? <laughs> I'll, uh, yeah, I'll show you how to be. Uh, no, let's see. Let's see. All right. It's going up in my show that's going up tomorrow. But, Oh, nice. The babies. The baby. Is this after you fixed it? Yeah. Yeah, that's nice. I love the look on the mother's face. I like that one of the eyes is bigger than the other. Yeah. yeah. I've always had a soft spot for that. Okay. If you look at any of my drawings, the eyes are never the same. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing, like, faces are not symmetrical. No. So. no, if they're symmetrical, people look very strange. Yeah. It's Bjork's, Bjork put out a new album last week, and... At first, I thought the cover was a symmetrical thing because it's so off-putting. Yeah. But it's not. It's just her makeup is done in a certain way that it looks symmetrical. But if you look close enough, there's differences. I'm going to look this up. It's uh, I think it's called Utopia. Okay. Yeah, and it's she's got like these prosthetic appliances on her face mm-hmm. too. That it's kind of like it's oddly like plant, but also. Gynecological okay. on her face. Like it's most of her music videos. Exactly. I always think of that one. Is it Hyperballad? That the video? It looks like these cells splitting. 
I think that is hyperbolic. And then it looks kind of like a vulva, and it's yeah. just like white background. Yeah, like I think that's hyperbolic. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. think, and she's in some kind of like egg sack. Yeah. 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 I, I love Bjork. I was actually listening to her this morning as well. She's, uh, she's pretty great. Yeah, her debut yeah. album will always be one of my favorites. I, I, I mean, I love all of her stuff. I think my favorite is, it's kind of, what's it called? It's the one where it's almost all just human voices. Okay. Uh, Medulla, I think it might be. I don't have that. It's, I mean, it's her on the cover, and I think she's on the cover of all of her albums. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's usually close-up of her face, but she's got this black, almost like oh, pearl Oh, it headdress. comes over her, yeah. her eyes. Yeah. I know which one you're talking and about. And it's almost all multi-layered human voices, mm-hmm. but, um, so the, uh, uh, Razel, who yeah. used to be in The Roots, uh, a human beatbox guy, he does a bunch of the tracks on it, and then Mike Patton from Faith No More. That's inter- That's an interesting yeah, collaboration. It was, it was a very strange, and it was funny because she put out a home video about the making of it mm-hmm. and talked about it, and they're both on it, but she doesn't speak in English the entire time. She's speak, uh, speaks in Icelandic with subtitles, which is, I mean, she speaks English it. too, but it was it was very interesting to, to kind of... Uh, see the process behind that and collaborating with very, very different artists. Mm-hmm. So, well. Yeah, well, <laughs> off to work, I guess. This has been awesome. Yeah, thanks for, I, for taking the time. and uh, Thanks for having me. I know it's, it seems like we could talk more, so we should definitely do it do it again yeah, down the line. Yeah, anytime. Let me know. Awesome. Yeah, well, thank you for having me. Oh.